BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, UFC Unfiltered today. The great Matt Sarah and the average Jim Norton. We have phone calls from Corey Anderson and Raquel Pennington. And I think we get to the bottom of a lot of issues. Both were very fun calls. Matt and I had a good time. I had a great time. I will upgrade. We had a great time. And we might curse. So if you have any kids in the car, open the door and push the little fuckers out. (laughs) He may finish it here. UFC and Digital Media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra, powered by Digital Media. Find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Really big show today. We have Juice Newton calling in. Just call me Angel of the Morning. Three fucking days that's been in my head. In your head the whole time? Non- Stop. What a great show last show was. It really was. Like that Katie Nolan was awesome. She's dynamite. Wow. We had fun, fun yesterday, too. Matt and I met up again yesterday. I know the unfiltered audience gets very jealous when Matt and I socialize and you don't get to hear it. Psst. We have full lives without you. Yeah. And we had to do an interview for Gotham Magazine. About no, no relation to the Batman. No, no relation <laughs> the to the Batman. People like myself, that go, oh, really? Got <laughs> I got all excited, but yes. I, you know, it was fun. Yes, Commissioner Gordon was supposed to be our guest, <laughs> yeah, but he so shit happy. the bed last minute. <laughs> and we talked to uh, Chris Weidman and Stephen Thompson. I thought that was fun. It Besides was, but we were they, sitting in the middle yeah. of the, the octagon at the UFC gym on, in, on Canal Street in Soho. That and didn't work out too great. Is that the way the octagon floor always feels? It seems no, very cushy. No, no, it's not like that. that it's, it's a different... That's more padded? Different turf. No, this was more of a slick type of rubbery thing. But no. When I first fought, they changed it since I first fought in the UFC. You get fucking, it's like you got a, like, it's like you fell off a motorcycle. You got, what is that, road rash oh, or something? Oh, sure, sure. Oh, it, but it felt good on your feet. Like, you were sticky and, like, it, it, it felt good as far as movement like goes. Like a canvas but, almost? No. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I remember early on, they were like, oh, no, we're looking to change it. And they did. And now it's more of a. It's more of a smooth. Hmm, how do you put it? It's uh, like the you always. The, you, I always tell my guys too. Like you find where like the um, the decals are. They're always a little stickier on your feet. Really? Oh yeah, a little bit better. To stand yeah. on. What's that? To stand on. Yes, for movement. You know, but uh, yeah, a little road rash. But it's not like that. But how they had us doing this interview? The they had the four like stools in there. 
the uh, the chairs, things we were sitting on, and it, it was impossible. I have great balance. Black belt in jiu-jitsu. I could not stay on my chair. It was fun to watch. The first question I asked, I I just died. I just fell off it. And it was an I, uneven surface. It wasn't your yeah. fault. Weidman had a good laugh at that. Oh, that, Weidman had a, had a case of the giggles. Do you yeah. notice that? When we first started the thing, he was like a bad kid. Like a, when you're not supposed to like laugh at church or something, like in church or something, or at something serious. Yeah. He was giggling. <laughs> what was weird, the question we had to ask because... It, this doesn't necessarily appeal to unfiltered fans or hardcore UFC fans. Gotham is a different audience. So they, they said, just keep it very basic. No. Ask questions that you might know the answers to or that you normally wouldn't ask these guys. So what got you start? Like, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I like to ask you about someone's life, but I mean, really basic. So all the stuff I had about Matt Brown, all the questions about takedown defense, I couldn't ask. But, um, <laughs> but, no, but I think it went well, though. It I was mean, very it was fun. Still, even people that are... You know, they might know the answers. They're going to still get... There was some good nuggets in there. Those guys, good. when you see them without shirts, they're just walking around doing a photo shoot. It's fucking humiliating. It's humiliating. This is exactly like your buddy on the show the other day that took his shirt off. Voss, what's his name? Rich Voss. 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 But I always said Voss has a body like an ant. Voss. Not the not the fucking woman, but like the insect. I always said Voss has a thorax. Uh, <laughs> he has a great thorax. That guy's a that guy's a that guy's a trip. The guy was making fun of my height on that show, by the way. The guy's my height. Yeah, he's a twerp. No I didn't offense. know that until he stood up. He's a little guy, you know, but he can't fight. I like what he said though with me. He's I, like, I like when shit's witty. I like we were talking about golf. And uh, he said, and I told him I only do miniature. You know, that's all I'm good. He goes, well, that for you, that's regular golf. <laughs> <laughs> that's fuzzy. Yeah, I, I, see, I like stuff like that. He's very funny. What he makes up for in lack of human contact, <laughs> you know, he has in wit. And it's uh, it's Rich Voss, Richard Voss. Yeah, really yeah. funny guy. Rich is great. Yeah, man. Um, and we have a call. We have a couple phone calls today. Corey Anderson's calling in, and Raquel Pennington, who's fighting Misha Tate. Um, what? You know, but by the way, I told you yes. somebody said that we. Oh, you guys shouldn't have asked Misha that question about the like why it's on, on Twitter. What's it's not it's not that big a deal. Oh, what's that about the, uh, the, boyfriend. the boyfriend thing? Yeah, she, if he's oh. in your camp, and he's in your camp, and there's this big public rumor of a public relationship, it's not like you're trying to get down to hey, does he have a foot fetish? You're asking like, will this affect <laughs> your camp at all? That's and, uh, a big thing. But another thing, if you're going around saying hey, we're the power couple, I mean that's what he's he's been quoted as saying. Sure. And I like listen, I like them both. I like Brian but, too. And. You know, and first of all, we like to have fun. That was fun. Yes. That was fun. If Matt and I, if our physical relationship <laughs> broke up, people would ask if it's going to affect the podcast. What happened? I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but I don't care people know. When, when Matt, and Matt and I are not really into each other, once in a while he'll spank me if I don't behave. Picture me. Picture me with a wig on, high heels. <laughs> Fucking disturbing. <laughs> all right, let's get off of that. Yeah, I know. But uh, we need to sit here with a couple of boners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you and the other guy, Cross. And the cook. <laughs> Chris the producer. Oh, by the way, Chris the producer <sighs> does light men in dresses. And I'm not just saying that because his mother listens. Chris's mother listens oh, to the podcast. We, you, he never should have. Chris, before uh, we went on air today, I don't know how it, it came out. But oh, I think I I know how it came out. Chris, the producer, said, "Oh, my mother thinks you're funny." She says, "Oh, you know that, Matt." <laughs> Something right? She What'd you to say? The podcast. Yeah, so well, Chris... we, were, we were talking about the you know yeah. the Misha Tate. You threw me under the bus with that. That's fine. Uh, but she was like, "Oh, Matt's hilarious." But wow, he really uh... she got the joke. Your mother got the joke, yeah, though. Of course, yeah. of course, because obviously it wasn't your idea. We all know that, except for Misha. She, she didn't probably know that. Misha doesn't. Dana White doesn't know that. It's absolutely true. <laughs> That's right. 
You know what? <laughs> and the fact that we have to be careful because Chris's mom listens. Yes. So he said like the one thing he doesn't want us to bring up because Chris will a lot of times look at men in dresses on the computer. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, don't bring it up because my mother listens. So yeah. we'll stay off of that. It's, it's not all, important. All the, all the weird stuff he's into. Let's stay exactly. Off. All that it's, German it's, porn. It, it has nothing to do with the show. So we're not going to talk about yeah. Chris, the producer's weird, filthy habits. All those times you've heard toilets <laughs> flushing while we're on the air. That's Chris's porn. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you not bringing it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You. you raised a you raised you <laughs> oh, raised a glass a glass coffee table up. Oh shit! You poor son. Of, you never should have told us. No, no, it's all good, Chris. Now listen, your your, your son does a, a an excellent job. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have uh, some news. Go ahead. Go ahead, tell me about some the news. news. Uh, Uriah is retiring. Favor. I I heard about. This. He's got one more fight though with Brad Pickett, right? December seventeenth, okay. um, he is fighting. That's the night I'm shooting my special, so I'll have to tape that one. And uh, he said he's retiring. Where is that fight? Do we know? I don't know. Where is that? Chris, the producer. It's in Sacramento. Sacramento. Oh, look at well, listen. I mean, if you have to go out, and you know that that actually is it, it, it's a smart thing, you know, because you you put everything into this last fight. It's going to be in his in his uh, hometown crowd. Uh you know, it's going to be in his hometown, I believe. That's where he is, that's where he is Sacramento, the alpha males. Um, you know, it, it's a good... And not only that, for a guy that's been around as long as uh, Uriah, that could just really fire him up for the yep. that fight. You know, compared to him just fighting another guy or this guy or that guy. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong, Brad Pickett's a stud. I like that guy. You sure. know Brad? No. Oh, he's tough. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's got some good hands on him. He, he's he's wiry. You know, he's good on the... Like, you know, he's, he's good in scrambles. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. Regardless, that's a good matchup, you know. So I, I, I'd be watching that regardless. But the fact that it's as, as you get the, the last time you get to see Uriah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely watching that. Absolutely. And then there's this rumor going around that Chris didn't know if we should talk about, but it's a rumor that Dana has denied. What is this? That uh, that Bisping is going to fight GSP. I don't really care about that fight to is be that, honest. Is that in our notes? Because I didn't read. No, Chris mentioned it, <laughs> no, but, but it's a rumor. And Dana, I didn't even this is the first. And Dana thing. said it's not happening. Yeah. And to be honest with you, look, I, I've I've kind of fucking had it up to here with people speculating whether GSP is yeah. going to fight. I don't give a shit, and it's no disrespect yeah. to GSP. The guy's a legend. BJ Penn's a legend, but they were wonderful fighters, and when yeah. they stepped down. They have lives after. Maybe yeah. and I, I, I'm not obsessed with seeing these guys fight again when it may cause injury to them. You know, Joe brought out on his podcast that maybe GSP was having some issues with his, you know, because he had gotten knocked around a lot. I don't need to see fucking George St. Pierre hurt himself. I'm yeah. fine with the, the legacy he's left behind. Yeah. Wonderful career. He has not been beaten in a long time. I believe that that should remain. Matt should be the last guy to beat him. I don't right. care if he fights again or not. I'm not excited uh, about that fight. I want to see Bisping fight. I want to see Bisping Weidman yeah. fight. Well, oh, yeah, I think that's. Uh, listen, we talked about that yesterday. I am biased, but because he's Weidman's my guy, and that I like him to get that fight for many reasons. Sure. But out of everybody, they are having the best little banter. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are going after each other. And, yeah, and they, it is funny because they're both. They're not listen. I I respect them. They go that route, and then <laughs> then they kind of. They they let it they dig into each other and uh, for that alone for that reason alone I want to see that fight. But do you know what I mean about like people keep saying BJ's fighting Vispy? Yeah. Like I, I don't need this. I mean uh, yeah. GSP, I don't need to see it. They've retired. I don't. If someone starts talking about hey uh, Tito and Ladella fighting, because I start to think these guys are old, older than they should be fighting. They're gonna hurt themselves. Like I don't yeah. need to fucking watch a guy fighting. Some like to, listen, to recapture something and risk him getting know, fucking man. seriously hurt. 
I mean, I like I like George a lot. Yes, and he'd have to want to be. He'd have to have a desire to to want to really just be in there. That's the thing. So, if he did, there is always ways of working that out. Like, I mean, in other words, is it just about you making another payday? Because of course that has to be correct. I understand that. You know, you put yourself at risk and this and that. But at the same time. Do you want to be in there? Or are you just saying, all right, they'll meet my demands with this and that, and then I'll... That's not the point. Do you want to fight? That, that's, what it, that's what it comes down to. How many comebacks like that are great? Uh, George Foreman took a huge amount of time yeah. off. Didn't he take like, 17 years off? I mean, that, that's the most yeah. amazing story in sports. No, that, that was great. George Foreman's yeah. comeback, when he came back close to 40 and started knocking motherfuckers yeah. out... That might be the most amazing thing ever in combat sports that people don't talk about. That he came back at his age yeah. and started fucking flooring people. I met him on Looking for a Fight. You know? oh, oh, you what, lucky bastard. I, yeah, I met him nice once, guy. but I never got to sit with him. How was we, he? We, did, we were at a, horse, like a, a ranch riding horses and stuff, and he really he, he loves horses. How was So he? we met one of his sons, uh, ironically enough, named George. All his kids are named George. Yeah. But uh, nice guy. His son was nice, and he was very nice. Take a picture and, with him? I don't think I got a picture. You got to. I don't think I, but we got film. Film, okay. Yeah, screen cap. Matt, you got it. That's Foreman. I know. I'm not that, I'm, you know, I'm not really a picture guy. No, 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 but he's, no, I do it. I admire the guy. Believe me. I'm not like, oh, I'm not saying, oh, I'm too cool. I would love to get a picture with him, but uh, I figured it'd be on camera. It'd be on film anyway. Do you see him hitting that heavy bag in When We Were Kings? I, I love, I love how. Have you seen it? Yes. When We Were Kings? I saw that in the theater. Yeah, I believe I saw that in the theater. It was a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, I seen that here in the city somewhere. So good, right? Right. That's it was about the whole thriller in Manila. No, no, no I'm sorry. That was Frazier. That was Frazier. It was about Rumble the in the Jungle. Rumble in the Jungle. Zion. I knew it was something catchy. Yeah, like yeah, no, yeah. But uh, it's it, it is amazing. It was like they made him such a villain in that. And I don't think he was even back in the day. I don't think George Foreman was a villain. He was just a quiet kind of guy and quiet guy. And, and uh, you know, liked his animals and this and that and. Well, you know, and obviously Muhammad Ali was just, you know. He rep- was Ali was smart. bigger than boxing. And yeah. Foreman was so interesting because he was just destroyed. You ever see that Ron Lyle fight? Foreman, Ron Lyle. Wow. I think Foreman won, but that was a bludgeoning these yeah. guys gave each other. Uh, he had, did uh, I stomp your foot? That's yeah, I give you a foot stomp. He's, um, oh, he would listen, he was a beast. But it is funny, though. It is a different game, too. Obviously, a different sport. Like, I think it'd be harder for somebody to do that in, in mixed martial arts. Just Agreed. Because, just because the endurance of going down and up is such a brutal, brutal thing. You don't but get the, the way breaks. He, and the way he like would just take all those punches, like he had a great defense, and then just, like he'd be in like a shell. Like, you know what I mean? When he'd bring his arms across, yeah. and he's got it's just the top of his head showing, and and then he'd just, he'd be just like walking guys down and blasting them. Now, as he got older. Like, he, the way he really fucking a lot hit smarter. hard. It's wild, man. But I understand the attraction of recapturing yes. BJ or GSP or any of these guys. But I, I'm like, you know, and the reason I'm mentioning this is because they announced look, the, the UFC just keeps putting out fucking card after card that I like. Like, so, I, I'm, re- I'm really, it's uncanny how many admit- fights I give a shit about. So that's why I don't need to go back and, and, and like, I'm the, the fact that Ronda is fighting. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy with she's fighting yeah. Amanda Nunes, which is gonna be a great fight. Yeah. And then on the under uh, the co-main is fucking uh, Cody Garbrandt against Dominic Cruz. Oh snap! That's right. 
That's good. That's a, that's yeah. the whole point about that. I I give a shit about that fight a lot. I well it, wow, you know, and it isn't a fight, and it shouldn't be, and not that it shouldn't be, but it's always funny too when they had a little something because he's with Uriah's crew. He's an alpha man. Right. He's one of those little alphas. So it just makes it that much more fun when you know, like you know, Dominic's past uh, with uh, with Uriah, yeah. their fights, and they had that that trilogy, and uh, you know they got that history there. And here comes this young kid who's just destroying people, and and Dom has been around for a while, so it, it, I, that's an exciting fight, man. Dominic you know? Cruz is dangerous, very. Dangerous. He's impossible to hit. You know what I just so I just seen, and it must have been from ages ago. And I I find weird shit on the internet. I don't know how I do it. It was on YouTube, and it was it was a it was uh Dominic when he was really young fighting a guy that was supposed to be a ninja. The challenge. <laughs> I swear, to, the guy was an athletic guy. Sure, I hope but so. it was a guy that just obviously didn't know much. Like, like he tried to just, but he, but guys like that are dangerous because they come after you. So they were in a cage and they, we were in some gym, and uh, you can find it somewhere. <laughs> and he went to, he just came after Dom with a kick and this and that, and Dom just took him down and just really just ended up just jujitsu, mounted him and just taking. Is he his a jujitsu black belt? Dom? Just beat. Ah, oh, I wonder what belt he is. I, I do not know. I have to look that up. Cody's dangerous, though, man. He beat the crap out of that fucking ninja. Cody's a dangerous uh, guy, too. Oh, well, Cody's... Ex well, first of all... 11-0 or 10-0 at this point? What is he, Chris, the producer? He hits like a fucking hammer. He, no, he's... And Fast? No, he, right now, I mean, that's... I mean, what... Hard, I mean, he took out that other kid. Um, what's his name? Almeida? Was that Almeida? Ricardo Almeida, yeah, yeah, who it. was, I think... Tom, Thomas Almeida. Yeah, Ricardo, Tom, I apologize. Sorry, Ricardo's, he's Ricardo's my buddy that came up. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. He, he was 21-0, uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. when he lost that fight. And he destroyed him. I mean, he, I mean, he was he's on a him. very tough well, he's guy. Very, he's very explosive. He's got power. And, uh, it, mm, I mean, Dom... I mean, listen, right now, Dominic, it's hard to pick against that guy, though, because that... Pfft, Guys, just put, he puts everything together so nice. Is Cody jumping over anybody for this fight? Who's who? Who are people saying might have been? I don't know. It's hard to make a case for anybody but him because he's right. He's undefeated. Yeah, he's, I mean, uh, I think I think that's you know he's not in the top five, but you know he's ranked eight, I believe. Who's but, in the top five? Uh, TJ Dillashaw yeah, yeah, is TJ. maybe somebody that you could make an, a, a case for. Um, have Cody's, they fought him and Cruz? Yeah, yeah, they did. That's who yeah. Cruz took the belt right. off of when okay. he when he got back. Um, Cody Garbrandt's the six, so that makes sense. Who else is above him? Rafael Sunsau is facing uh, Aljo. Right. Uh, John Lineker is up wow, there. Wow, I didn't realize he was ranked that high. Okay. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Rivera's at number four. But Who he did Lineker just beat? He fought really well at, uh, I want to say... Dots, was... Um, Dotson, wasn't it? Was yes. it John Dotson? Yeah, yeah, that was a good fight. Lineker's tough, man. Yes, he is. He has those punches. He goes to the body. And the Dotson body. Brian is Carraway's so fast. He has those hooks. Oh, Brian, yeah. We, well, yeah. Brian wants to come on the show. We got to get him on. Get, let's get him he, on um, ASAP. He reached out on Twitter and he wants to come on. Apparently, he listens to the show, so we'd, we'd love to have him on. I think we got to ask him, though. I mean, it's, it's, it would be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Brian, you're in. <laughs> it would be it would be like sexist <laughs> if we just asked Misha, no? Yeah, I'd love to have Brian. Hey, if you're going to say you're the power couple, I'll use, you know, what the hell? Matt and I are open about being kind of a power couple. Yeah. We're fine with that. Hey, listen, and if we were breaking up, I, you could ask about it. <laughs> you know? So Cruz against Garbrandt. Gar yeah. I, I would have no idea who to pick in that fight. I guess you, yeah. it's hard to pick against Dominic Cruz just because he's so impossible to lay a glove on. And he's been in so many of these big fights already. Like, he's just, he's proven himself. And man, is he a good fucking announcer. He's good. Yeah, he's Jesus good on the Christ, mic. is Cruz good. He's good. He's, he's, he's really interesting, man. Because he knows his shit, and he's ready to. He's ready, like to do. Uh, I remember he did that. Um, 
a sit down with uh, there was an interview with him before he fought uh, TJ Dillashaw for the title, uh, and oh man, I mean just he won the fight, but that, as far as with the um, the, the the whole debate. <laughs> Oh, no, just why he's gonna beat him and how he's gonna beat him and what could he just he just talked him into he talked to talked him into circles. Man. Who talked to him? Does that make sense? Who talked to him in circles? <laughs> he, no, he fucking Dominic. Just it was a ten eight round with that fucking interview. Dominic, he's good on the mic. He's good. Oh like, he's like, yeah. Listen, this is why I'm gonna do this to you. State your case. Why you're gonna do this to me? Like. What, you know, what are you basing it on? And he would just fucking and the, and the other guy's trying to come back, and it, it was pretty rough. It was, and I like TJ. I'm just saying, Dom's Dom's good on Mike. Dom, uh, I interviewed him on the radio with Opie, and yeah. he was so interesting. And he has, you know, yeah. he's, he, I think he talked about depression. He had all these, you know, yeah. real things that he spoke about. And I, I think he's a fascinating guy. But again, all these guys and, and yeah. Cody. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Cody. Cody, we've had it. His story was fascinating too. Don't the forget, fucking don't uh, forget that neck tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that's like the, that's like actually the, the the sweetest part of the story is the neck tattoo. <laughs> he had a fucking rough time coming up, man. Yeah, I love a, talking to those guys. So I hope we can get Dominic kid. Cruz in studio much more than the phone. I'd love to have Dom in here sitting with us and, and, and talking. You know what I'm interested in finding out who's going to be in here when you're gone next week. I, well, I, I know you guys we have a little I'm, bit about this. I'm a little depressed. Uh, I will be having a good time in L.A. You know, hobnobbing, being a big shot. You yeah. know me, Matt. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to miss Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, which I'm annoyed at. I really, really want to interview yeah. him. Yeah. That's, that's next week. And who else? And uh, Tony Ferguson. Oh, Tony special, Ferguson, yeah. too? And they're fighting. Who else first. you guys got coming in? You got Ronda coming in next week while I'm gone? You who know what's else? funny? I was going to have, when you're not here, I like to have somebody in here. Because as we spoke before and I speak on air, I don't, I'm no big shot. Like, Jimmy, Jimmy knows how to fucking run a radio show and a podcast and everything like that. You know, like if he's hand solo, I'm Chewbacca. You know, I, I don't mind. I got his back. That's my bit of the worst. Maybe you're analogy. Chewbacca and I'm Chewbacca's wife. It's a Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking thing. Oh, that thing was brutal. That was Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, Dude, it's the worst that? thing ever. Did you ever hear the Christmas special? The yeah, we talked about it on the show. Oh, yeah. we have. It's we, online now. Oh, Lucas Cat. I say George. <laughs> he had that fucking thing buried for thirty Did years. He? Yeah, oh, we found that little. That we found that fucker. But um, what was I getting at? Anyway, I wanted my buddy Ray Longo to come in, and that guy's all of a sudden got to be responsible now to the. He's like, he goes, I can't do it. I got Chris and I got Aljo. And I, yeah, he's right. I go, I can't. Now, what does he do with that? If he had anything else, if he had to go hang out with Kevin James or any of his, you know, fancy buddies, I would have gave him Why shit. Why don't we bring Kevin in? All right. I'll Kevin's call, a I'll UFC fan. I don't got his number. Kevin's a big UFC well, fan. I, I don't have his number, and I know and I know Long, Longo's not giving me his number. Well, have Ray ask him. I'm sure. I bet if, if Kevin's busy, though, he's sure. He might even be in L.A. most yeah. time. But um, why don't we talk to him? I auditioned for his show. I love Kevin James. A, he's a very sweet guy. B, Great he's guy. had me audition for both of his shows, yeah. King of Queens and this one. I wasn't good on either audition. I don't yeah. feel like I got ripped off. Kevin That's gave me funny. a shot, and I got up to the plate, and I swung and what and was it? What was it for? What I don't remember. One of his friends. But it was okay. funny. The script was funny. Yeah. And um, so both times, Kevin has somehow thought of me. That's great. And Kevin James, lovely man that he is, yeah. also got me my Joe Pesci picture. You told me that. Uh, he's just a good guy. Yeah, he, so Kevin, we would love to have Kevin. And my buddy Pete Corielli uh, is writing on his show. And uh, this guy, Rock Rubin, is involved. He's a great comedian. Yeah. From so we'd love to get Kevin in well, here. Well, going to be UFC. on the show. I know. That's what's going to be great. But he's a I fucking real UFC fan. He's oh, and, a and real you know fan. And, and uh him and uh, Chris are got very, very, close. very close now. I know he loves Chris. So we want Kevin. Here's yeah. what we want. 
We want Kevin in this fucking studio. I'd, I'd love that. And we want him when Jim Norton's here too, because I don't want Matt and oh, Kevin no. hobnobbing, <laughs> and all of a sudden Kevin wants the gig, uh, and I'm out. You're out, Tom. You should actually call Longo, say, come in, and you could bring your friend Kevin. No. By the way, I'm still not even sure if I'm going to see UFC 205. Oh, we never. We, that's right. That is working right, on. They're trying. Dana is working on it. He's not dismissed me. He's 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 a, being a good guy. Do you, uh, but I don't know if I'm going to get in. No, I think I I think I think we keep bitching about it on here a little. Not bitching, but kind of. I'm concerned. Hey, you're wondering, and then they're going to they're 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 be going over this, and they go, "Look, man, that guy." Jim Norton, he's running the official podcast. We, we got to do the right thing. I'm a part they, of it. I'm not running. I'm a part of it. Well, you know. They don't care about looking bad. They're the fucking biggest sports franchise sale in history. Do, do they don't care about what some fucking sniveling Jersey worm complains about. <laughs> 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 you know who I spoke to? You know who I spoke to last night? I did his show on Sirius. It was uh, the great Brian Stan has a show. I didn't know that. Well, he does. And uh, they called me. They gave me a good two-hour notice. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe somebody dropped out. I don't know what it was. But he called me up, and I like Brian State's a good guy. He, we spoke to him on He's here. He's a great guy. So a uh, real fucking man. Yeah, oh, a manly, manly man. man. We say that the same. We say that the we manly did, man. We did. That when someone's a real man. Is that at the same time? Manly man. Who's he remind me of? Who's the fighter? Um, <laughs> God damn! We just talked to him. Ex-military, ex-green beret. Oh, Tim, Tim Kennedy. Kennedy. Tim Kennedy. Yeah. Reminds me of one of those guys, yeah, real no, fucking those guys. guys. Are badasses, and they're yeah. the nicest guys. Always. So yeah, I'd have, <clears throat> I should have done that. Look at me. That's okay. You're learning. You're I'm a sweet learning. boy. Um, do my voice. Listen to my voice. Sound good. Okay. Anyway, good guy. Had a good time on his show. We talked about talked about this. Talked about UFC Unfiltered. Talked about how great that is. This, this so is fun, dude. <laughs> It's a fun gig. It's just a fun. fun I'm looking gig. at. Listen, you have a fun life, Jim Norton. You do. I do. I don't. And I ain't bitching about my life either. I'm having a great time. But I mean, Jimmy, because I've been to his show the other day, the uh, Jim Norton Sam Rabbit show at Sirius, and and uh, and it's a fucking same. It's like this with a couple more guys. It's a hangout. Just a hang, man. It's a hangout. That's why I want. Hey, listen, I think <clears throat> we should get Joe Rogan uh, in here for the week of the UFC when he's gonna be in town. Because uh, either one of us want to give a text because I'm not relying on Bob the fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah well, Joe's away. I was going to see. I'm going to L.A. next week. And I was hoping to do Joe's podcast with Sam. We could promote that, promote this. But that. I think Joe's hunting. He's going to be away hunting. No. But here's how we ask. I want Joe Rogan on this program. That's it. Hopefully he'll come in. when he, I'm sure he will when he's no. in. I've asked him when I saw him. He'll I, come I in. I think he would love to. You know why? Because it really is. When I... One of the things that I kept in my mind before doing this podcast is I heard Joe talking about his podcast, yeah. and he talked how he got totally influenced from the Opie and Anthony show, yeah. how he saw how it was just a hangout and a conversation, and I remember thinking like, oh, dude, they want me to do this podcast. I'm the, I don't know how to interview people and this and that, and, and then I'm like, you know what? I took what he said. And I said, you know what? That's a hangout, a good time, bullshitting, making it fun. Sure. And then look at it like that type of, and that's what we're doing. It's just a hang, so it's man. like the if he gets in here, it's the whole seven degrees of fucking Kevin uh, about a good shot. No, but you know what? The whole mystique of uh, radio and all that stuff is long gone. With social media, there's no 
thrill in seeing you know performers yeah. quote unquote naked mentally. We all see it all day. No one gives a fuck anymore. We see Alec Baldwin throwing fucking hammers at the paparazzi. No one care. So they sense bullshit better. So when you and I are sitting here, or if I'm talking out of my pal Sam, we're all just talking. People sense that it's legit. It's real. If it's if it's fucking uh, all right, coming back. We got. Uh, they're like, shut up. Oh no, I can't. Fucking fake radio voice, I idiot. Can't. You goose. It's- even with the other thing, because I was when I was talking to Brian Stan, we were talking about the difference between this and like the analyst work and this and that's that. a different gig. Yeah, it is a total different gig, and a guy like that is great at. It. They're great at it, and it's just I like to be more relaxed, only because one, if if like say one of the like if someone's in there telling a corny joke and you kind of you got you if you're doing that on this show on like a Fox Sports or something. You have to let you have to give a, you have to give that courtesy, <laughs> yeah. and you don't want to do that. You want to say, "Oh, shut the fuck up." Yeah, that's not funny. So fun on the on <laughs> the radio wanna... show. I got the car crash that we used to use on. Opening I love that. Day. It's the greatest sound. It's ever. great. You know, um, and, and, and how do you do that? You just take that that sound bite and just, just push it. it. Just push the button. And oh, well, here's a question. Uh, yeah. Here's a question. You just push you. the button. It's great. Uh, I mean, have you ever lost or thought you lost your phone, Matt? We were talking about that. Oh, yes. Me too. How awful was it? It was, it was horrible. Horrible uh, experience. You know, even if you found it in five minutes, you still had that panic. Yes. Well, you know, if you're like me, your life is on that phone, as well as a lot of questionable photos from young ladies. Well, guess what? Identity thieves know that, too. Like if I know that, and Chris knows that, and Matt knows that, and our heads are all nodding. We all know it. We, we know that. that. You think they don't? What do you think? Identity thieves don't think the phone has information? They know it does. Mm-hmm. And when your uh, lost phone winds up in the hands of one of these people, it can be the beginning of an unmitigated disaster. Physically, emotionally, financially, and it can take years to unwind. That's why you can decide to protect yourself with Identity Guard. Now, with Identity Guard, you get protection from a company that has been in this business for over 20 years. They're not new at it. Uh, they've helped protect more than 47 million people. You can be protected, too. Aren't you tired of going through life without a condom? That's what it's like. Yes. You're going through life without a condom. Identity Guard continuously monitors millions of transactions and articles. Thousands would be impressive. Millions is amazing. And they uh, send you news, tools, and guidance that you're going to need to minimize your risk. Plus, if you were to become a victim of identity theft, let's just say with the outside chance it happened, Identity Guard's victim recovery specialists are going to be there to help you through the recovery process. Identity Guard even offers identity theft insurance with coverage up to a million dollars. I'm actually doing this like that's a lot of money. Like the, that's a million clams, see? <laughs> so get the identity theft protection service that's right for you. Visit Identity Guard at identityguard.com slash podcast. It's amazing how many, if you watch old movies, there's certain words you never hear. Uh, you know, download. Nobody said that in the 40s. No. You never hear that. Ah, be on your podcast, you dirty rat. Uh, you know what was, no, it was funny because I was watching a show. The other, what show was I watching? Oh, I think my kids were watching uh, Three Ninjas. It's an old, my wife liked that as a kid or something. Mm-hmm. So I like to show them and they had beepers. They're checking the beepers. My kids are like, what, the what is that? What is that thing he's looking at? It's my so God. old school. Oh, yeah. And you know what I got my kids watching? We watched over the weekend and they loved it. Was the original Ralph Macchio Karate Kid? Oh God, yeah. Oh, they love that. So that that holds up. I mean, it's got the '80s music in there sure. and this and that. But uh, massage from an older gentleman who hasn't got one of those. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'd, during that thing, you put a wig on Mr. Miyagi. I had fucking flash, <laughs> I have flashbacks on my trip to Japan with Enzo. But uh, <laughs> I think she had the same technique. That, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, 
what a what a great what a great movie. Except for the crane. Let me ask oh, you as a mixed it, martial artist. How effective would the crane be in the How octopus? about this? How about this? I want you to look at I'll put a clip on you. I'll put a a clip I'll put a clip on the UFC Fight Pass and I'll show you Leoto Machida doing the fucking crane kick into uh uh, Randy Couture's face. All right. Well, Leona Machida. <laughs> Did you see that? I'm sure I have. Well, you got, you let me tell you, that would make Mr. Miyagi proud. He's the exception. You know what's funny? Leona Machida's father is like a little little Japanese guy. He's a martial He's, artist, yeah. though. Who else? Who's he get compared to? Oh, Stephen Thompson. Because they both yeah. come with fathers. His father's a karate background, too, oh. Thompson. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. I His know, dad Mr. looks like a karate guy. He's a good guy. They call him Mr. T. Mr. Is he a Thompson. good guy? He seems like a tough Very, guy. Yeah, he seems like that. He definitely he seems like a real tough guy. Can't yeah, they're a family, a family of martial artists. I've yeah. been watching a lot of Stephen Thompson. I mean, just an animal. A, a, such he does not look like the killer that he is. We, I nice, was talking to him nice nice yesterday. He, huh? he, li- he literally is like a model, handsome, nice boy. Yeah. He's a nice, clean cut <laughs> boy. His hair looks good. He's a yeah, friendly guy. He's such very a good humble, guy. lovely person. But literally, will fucking sidekick your dumb face off. Yeah, he so doesn't cool. look like a killer. That's a guy who, if you yeah, saw him like in a tank top, you're like, all right, this guy's in the gym. But yeah. if you see him in a winter coat, he doesn't look much different than most people yeah. in a winter coat. That's a guy that's going to get underestimated. Hey, pretty boy! And then the next thing you know, there's a fucking Nike oh, under the bridge uh, of your nose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's so accurate with his feet. But uh, yeah, Dude, he, he throws a back sorry, man. Yeah. It's like a back. Like almost like a heel kick. You ever see him do that? That's a fucking hook kick. Baby. He has a hook kick. Yeah. <laughs> That's like something you choreograph. Hey man, what do you? I remember his fight with, and then and he's got hands too, and he's got the the, the and he's unorthodox. I mean, his fight with Jimmy, uh, Jimmy John Hendricks. Jimmy, uh, Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, I fucking Jimmy Hendricks. It's all right. There's a fucking Jimmy Hendricks fought that. his own vomit and lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's fucking great. But uh, yeah, man, that was a great fight. No, listen, I, I like watching all this fight. His Matt Brown fight, even though he lost it on a decision, he talked it? about this yesterday in the Gotham article. He had a fucking gash on his head. He, it showed you how tough this guy is, man. He was he was yeah. tremendous in that fight, even though he just couldn't, you know, Matt Brown just, just, basically they were both on the verge of dropping dead at one point. Matt Brown just got the edge. What yeah. a great fight that was. Now, what would you, him versus... Uh, what is that? You know I got ADD. No, no, he held up a sign. He said, you guys suck today. <laughs> Fucking thanks. Yeah, Jesus, Chris. Chris. Thanks. Why would you have to mention my mom listening? <laughs> Chris, the producer. He's going to call Corey. Uh, oh, good. Let's, let's talk to Corey. I want to talk to Corey because Corey is fighting Sean O'Connell. And that's exciting because Sean O'Connell's a tough dude. That guy comes to fight. You've seen Sean O'Connell fight before? Yeah. Yeah, he's a tough dude, man. You know, and that makes it, that makes it, why am I whispering now? I don't know. I'm like, he's a because I'm leaning forward. I forget where we're on at. But no, no, he's got a tough fight. When is that fight? December 9th. Of course it is, Chris, the producer. I'm making sure you're on your game. Mm-hmm. December 9th. <clears throat> where is that? And, oh, oh, that's the Albany card. I'm going to be there. What the fuck? With Aljo. I'm going to be there with Aljo. Is he ready, Aljo? Yeah, Aljo's great, man. Okay. I seen him last night. I was, uh, I was at my, my school at... Uh, Sarah BJJ Levittown, Long Island is uh that t- that Tuesday night class is a murderous row, man. It really is. Oh man, I, I see. I had my guys in there last night, Aljo and and a lot of those guys. What's up? We got a phone call. Yes, Corey. What's going on? Hi, buddy. You got uh, Jim Norton and uh, of course the great Matt Sarah here on Unfiltered. How are you? Good. Yourself? 
Pretty good, man. What's I'm up, uh, Corey? slightly tired today, which is always embarrassing to say to a true athlete because I did nothing today <laughs> but just live with sleep apnea. How, are you a good sleeper? Uh, it depends. Uh, like some one of my uh, coach kids would tell me when I coach college, coach, you sleep good when it rains, which means if you do everything you got to do, you have a good night of sleep. But if you toss and turn and you feel like you didn't train hard enough that day. So it depends. It varies from day to day. And okay. what what about the day the night before a fight? You sleep like a baby, or you you nerve you're thinking about stuff too much? I've never really slept the night before a competition, even through college, high school, whatever. It don't matter how prepared I am. I just I'm too antsy. I'm ready to get into the cage, so my blood's running high, my heart rate's pumping. It's kind of hard to get any sleep that night. So, will adrenaline? Because, like you know, for me, just going through a, a regular, you know, like a literally a lame. I do a fucking soccer mom workout. You know, I'm on the elliptical a little, I like, curl with eight pounds. It's really disgusting. But I'm tired if I don't sleep the night before. What gets you through the fight? Like, will your adrenaline literally carry you through a, you know, an a, a MMA fight? Oh, yeah. My, when my adrenaline gets going, it's going. It's, it's kind of hard to slow it down and stop it until the fight is over. When that, once it's all over with, I'm finally calm. I mean, mostly through the camp, my adrenaline is running high. You know, the coaches tell me to kind of like bring it down some, slow it down some, but I'm running at such a, I already train at a high pace, but once I get a fight and I sign the contract, I'm just excited. I just can't wait to go. So I'm always going over and beyond. So when I get home from the gym, my heart rate and my body is still kind of fueling from the workouts. So it's always hard to just fall asleep. Now you're coming off a, a loss, which was a split decision. I always think a split decision has got to be such a, a hard way to lose because you know that just one guy saw it differently. And and you win. Do you feel like that was the right decision, or did you feel like it should have went the other way, or do you go, no, nah, I'm okay with it? I mean, I've accepted the fact that I didn't do enough to get the split decision or the majority decision myself. But after watching the fight, I still just, I don't, I watched all my fights over, but that fight, I just, it's hard for me to watch to hear him say split decision at the end. And I feel like I did more damage, and or not more damage, but did more of that fight. I landed more strikes, took him down four times, ground and pound. Um, took his legs off one, even with the kick in the first round. It's kind of like they scored those two, well, the one knockdown and the one catching the kick takedown bigger than they should have. But it's whatever. I'm over it. You're okay I'm just fueled up, ready to go for the next. And, and what do you think uh, of, of the rest of the uh, division? Of course, you have Cormier fighting uh, Rumble Johnson, which is a fight that everybody kind of wants to see at 206. And what, you have thoughts on that? I mean, I'm a fan of DC, and I love Rumble's power. It's kind of scary at the same time. I know you're in the same division as him, and you can face up against him at any point in time. But, you know, we prepare for that. And um, I, I'm going to go with DC. You know, he's a smart fighter, and he's going to grind. You know, I'm a fan of the grind the grind style. You know, put the pressure to the gas out, and then take over. And I got a feeling he's going to do the same thing this time. Yeah, I don't know if any. Oh, sorry, Matt. I don't know if anybody does that better than Cormier. Just putting you up against the cage. He couldn't do it to Jones, but just putting you up against the cage and making your life fucking miserable. Cormier has is, is I think better at that than anybody. I mean, he's got that size. Look at him. I mean, when he's not at two hundred five, think about how big he is. So you got to think that last week he probably cutting somewhere around twenty, and then he puts twenty probably back on. You got to think. Now we're doing this morning. The morning weigh-ins, he'll probably have, what, 32 to almost 36 hours to rehydrate and fuel up. So by the time he get in the cage, he's probably carrying almost every bit of his natural training weight again. So to get that up against you, that's literally like fighting a heavyweight. Sure. So he's putting all that weight in your, in your sternum or on your belly, and when he lands on you, you're carrying all that weight. 
Wasn't he a heavyweight in Strike Force or no? Yeah, he was heavyweight. Yeah. Before uh, when he came to the UFC, he was heavyweight at first, and he um dropped down. I think when he fought Henderson. Now listen, your upcoming fight, December 9th versus Sean O'Connell in uh, in Albany. Let, let's talk about Sean O'Connell for a second because he he just came off of a a fight he lost versus uh, Steve uh, Boss uh, Bosse Bossy 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 and uh, it, it got fight of the night. So it was a good fight. It was a slugfest. I mean, I don't want you to give your game plan away, but obviously you feel confident, I'm sure. Talk to me. What do you think about Sean O'Connell as an opponent? I mean, like I tell everybody, when you think about Sean O'Connell, like you said, he went out there and he brought it out. Well, he's got six fights in the UFC, four fighting nights, and all of them is because he goes out there to brawl. And he's like, uh, like Mark Henry likes to teach the touch on touch. Like, you hit, when you get hit, you got to hit back. Or hit them before when you see them punching, hit them first. And that's his style, you know. Anytime you throw a punch or you fake or you move forward, he's coming with two, three, four punches every time. He never throws a one shot. But the thing is, he focuses so much on his striking, I feel like he leaves himself open for a lot. But um, I'm just ready to go out there and put a brawl, you know, kind of like Tom Lawler or like I had with Gian. I like those fights when you go out there and you just brawl it out. As much as I hate to end up getting rocked or end up getting knocked out like I did against Gian, but at the same time, when you get into a fight with somebody that doesn't care, they act like they have nothing to lose, that's when your blood's really running high. You pretty much bring your A game. You're showing up and you, you're trying to put on a show for the fans and your bosses and steal your name in that 205 division. And by the way, tickets go on sale this Friday for that Albany. That's the ninth, Matt? Is that November 9th? That is the ninth. And that's Mike. also all Joe's fighting yes, on that card. That's a great card. December 9th. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in December. Oh, I'm, yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I meant December 9th. <laughs> I heard um, that but night. that goes on sale this Friday. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's got to be the first UFC event in Albany, correct? Uh, you know, since I it's now legalized in New York. So really, you got to go up there and support that. They tried so hard to keep it out of New York for so long, and now that it's finally here in New York, just go and enjoy those fights. You don't have to drive to another state anymore. And now let me ask you, I know you're working with Mark Henry a lot, and I heard you bring up some of his, uh, you know, quoting him on some stuff he was saying. How great is that to work with Mark? Because a lot of people talk about the super camps and this and that. I know Mark Henry's name's been brought up before by people because everybody loves him, uh, and, and he works with the great Frankie Edgar. How great is it to work with Mark? Isn't he, first of all, I love Mark Henry. He's a great guy. But as a coach, how is it to work with Mark Henry? I mean, Mark as a coach, you know, I, when I got here, I told him, you're like a mad scientist, bro. Like, I worked with him on the show, and he only got to work with me a little bit. But when I actually came to his house on the first day, like, he overloaded information he gave me, like, in an hour and a half. What he can teach you in an hour and a half is just amazing. So, you know, you think about the, the cartoon characters, the mad scientists. It's just, they, it kind of sounds like they're talking crazy, talking gibberish, and you never understand what they're saying. And that's just Mark. And when he breaks it down to you, when you finally start to understand, and it clicks what he's teaching, it makes so much sense. And he doesn't teach you anything just to teach you. Everything he teaches you has a reason. I posted something the other day. Like a great a striking coach, some striking coaches teach you just how to punch. But a great striking coach teaches you how to punch, adapt, move, and adjust to things within the fight. And that's Mark Henry. Right? He's always adjusting. He's the whole time in the fight, 15 minutes, 25 minutes, his mind is constantly calculating that guy's movement. And he sees things in a split second that I can watch on film three, four times, not still, and never catch it. But Mark just sees it. He calls it out. And if you just throw it as he calls it, it's there. So you and, just got to believe in him. And working with him is just amazing. And on top of that, that that's that's phenomenal. On top of that, I heard he makes a mean slice of uh, Sicilian. 
He owns Pino yeah. uh, Pino Pizzeria, right? You ever, have you ever been Pino's there? Pino's Pizza in Woodridge. Yes, I have been there a few times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> come back from New York City train, I tend to stop there every once in a while and grab me a slice or give a that calzone. a shout. Give that a shout out again, Corey. I'm sorry. What, what's where is it? Where is it? What's the name of it again? Of Mark Henry's uh, Pizzeria restaurant. Pino's Pizzeria in Woodridge, New Jersey, exit 11 on the turnpike. I'm going to visit there, and because I got that thing shouted out, I swear they better hook me up with something. Cano- That's right. Cannoli, some garlic A free nuts. pie. Give me a free pie, Mark. Hey, where are you, by the way? Where are you now, Corey? I'm out in Tom's River. I'm actually, I just finished my strength and conditioning. As you guys was calling, I was walking off the turf. So, so what, did, and, uh, what did you do for strength and conditioning? You're just doing, uh, just lifting? Yeah. Today, well, lift and kind of like leg burnouts at the end, leg day to day did wrestling this morning so i focus on keeping the leg pump going right after wrestling i come right into the strength conditioning gym but my legs are tired and just keep pushing to get the blood pumping through my legs what's a leg burn can you explain how that works like what will you do that will burn your leg out just a lot of lightweight squats so first i do heavy deadlift and heavy squat or heavy whatever it is and i go back at the end and do it all light trying to get as many as i can within like 30 seconds to a minute without my legs getting injured or two tire, I drop the weight, controlling the weight down and up, all the way up and down, keeping good form, just getting the legs nice and tired. Used to 15 minutes of the round, or within 14 minutes of the round, you've been taking taking a guy down, getting taken down, hopping up and down. Your legs get fatigued with your movement, being able to keep that up constantly. Yeah, that up and down, mm-hmm. that up and down. That's what gets that. Is that, that why is steps are so killer? I'm saying when I when I walk up <laughs> oh, the steps, sometimes my legs yeah. get tired. I'm like, well, I'm not I'm not that old. What the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> Well, they, you know, part of it, guys run stairs. I used that Longo used to take us to go run hills. So, yeah, I mean, that whole incline, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bitch. Why do your legs get that tired? Like, is it just the blood being forced into them? Like what do you think, Corey? Lifting weights over and over. I mean, if you think about it, if you just do legs all week long, you always squatting all week long. By the end of the week, your legs are going to be dead. But eventually, if you just keep doing it and keep doing it, your legs get used to it. So a lot of people, they don't train their legs enough. You know, they go into the gym and they're hitting the bag hard or they throw a few hard kicks or they get one takedown, they're okay with that. But their body isn't used to making that squat motion. They body, their knees bending at 90 degrees, pushing off the calves, the shins getting blood, your quads and your hamstrings, everything, the muscles is flexing and releasing, flexing and releasing, pushing blood, pushing blood. And, um, you know, so when you're not used to that, your body gets fatigued real, real easy. So after two, three takedowns, and a guy, you take a guy down three times, and he has to stand up three times. Usually, the fourth time, he doesn't get back up. He's tired of getting up. His legs fatigue. And you'll see when he get up off the campus, he, he's slow getting up. He got his hands down on the mat, you know, pushing off one knee to come up. And that's when I usually can see a guy. He didn't condition his legs enough. So if I take him down this round, I don't have to worry about him fighting to get back up. Have you gassed in a fight at all? Have you, did you learn that the hard way? Um, I guess in wrestling, um, my junior year at um, National Freestyle Nationals, whatever, I gassed one match. And after that, I've never gassed again. I've never gassed in the fight. I've gassed in practice once going with Wyman because he kicked me in the, in the private part and it kind of put me down. He did that I to me yesterday when I said hello to him. <laughs> <laughs> I never regained all my energy back and I kept trying to push through the round. And by the third round, I was done for. I couldn't breathe. My nuts was hurting. It was just a bad day. But yeah, when you guess, like when you said it happened to you in wrestling, how far into how much more did you have to go? 
And what were you thinking? Like you just did you think you had him, and then you put out a little too much energy? I, I, the Shane Carwin is the best example against Brock, where he had him in that first round, and he just dumped everything and didn't save anything. Was is that kind of what you did? Yeah, pretty much. It was um, the last period of the match. I was actually winning. I was up by one in the freestyle rules. If you push the guy out of bounds, that's one point, and it ties the match. But the last point wins, and that's what happened. I was trying to keep my win, but he just started pushing into me, pushing into me. You could tell he trained this specific style of wrestling more than me, and he just got the best of me. He pushed me out of bounds, and by then I couldn't fight anymore. My body was done with like 15 seconds left. All I had to do was push him out of bounds and get the takedown, but I had nothing left. And when I walked off the mat, I just crashed to the ground, and I was literally – laying on the mat for probably about 25, 30 minutes right there at the coach's chair, just trying to get my, my oxygen back. It was just a bad weight cut, everything I did wrong, that wow. whole training. It's, and it, I paid for it. Took so you that long, right? That. Wow, that's a long time, man. T- t- 20 minutes to get your oxygen back is quite a bit. Oh, so when you in a match, a hardcore match, a hand fighting up and down, level changes, sprawls, when, you, when your heart goes and your lungs go, it goes. It's just <laughs> you in there fighting with nothing. You fighting with everything you can, but you have nothing. So when you walk off the mat, it's taking that much more time to recover. And, you know, they come over and ask the doctors if they're making sure you're okay. But you don't. last thing you want to do is go to the hospital. You know, look like a chump. Oh, I gassed out. Now I got to go to the hospital. <laughs> look like a chump. Yeah. <laughs> and that's in a wrestling match. That was in a wrestling match. Ages yeah, ago. that's wrestling. That's freestyle where you're going up. You're trying to throw each other headlocks, pushing, pulling, you know. And it's just yeah. like fighting. You're going up and down, up and down. And the hand fighting is just like throwing punches. Yeah. And I tell anybody, wrestling to this day is probably one of the hardest, toughest workouts I do every day. Yeah, no, that it is brutal. And it's funny how it, that must have been a long time ago. So, and you, it still stays with you. I mean, because, I mean, I remember before gassing, uh, and I only gassed in a couple of fights, to be honest, because uh, I was always in good shape. Uh, but uh, Well, didn't you say being tired is what what scared you the most, right? I, I always said, <clears throat> when people would ask if uh, I was nervous, I go, I'm never... I'm never afraid of getting hurt, not to sound like a tough guy. That's not what I was afraid of. But I would be afraid to gas. <laughs> because when you gas, and the only thing difference with that with the, compared to the, the wrestling, if you gas in the wrestling, you can get your ass kicked. But, at the, you know, you could when you gas in the, in the octagon, in the cage, you literally are getting your ass kicked. Because now you're tired and the guy's elbowing you in the face. And, and it's like, who yeah, needs you know, that who shit? Needs that? <laughs> and, and, you know, and I know what you're saying when they go to check on you with the doctors. My, I, I bring up that Caraprizian fight again because that's where I got gassed the most. I know what you mean by not getting up for like 25 minutes because that was me in the backstage of that fight. And the, I thought there was something wrong with me. That's how tired I was. And uh, during between that second and third uh, round that they came in, they're like, you want to continue type of thing? And of course you're going to say yes if, if you're – you know, if you're a fucking fighter, and but you, everything in you kind of wants to say no, no. But of course, you're yeah. gonna say yes because you have to man up, and you take your lumps. But uh, wow, what a, what a, what a, what a horrendous feeling is getting tired. So I'm glad you learned a lesson in wrestling with that. You didn't have to learn that in the octagon. Yeah, that's one thing for sure. Like I work with guys like Wyman and Branch and all these veterans in the game. You know, and that's when I first got up here in New York and New Jersey training with them. And they jiu jitsu was something I had never seen. Yeah. And, you know, they would grind on me constantly, constantly top pressure, constant top pressure, and you fighting to get out. And even then, like, I had the cardio enough where I could just weather the storm till Branch kind of slowed down and gave me just a little bit of space where I can get out. Or yeah. with Wyman, when I go with him, if I can avoid the submission, 
we went ground and pound. And the Lord's mission is trying to slow down just one second. Just one second is all I need to get my knees back underneath me to come back fighting. But when I first got here and I was I wasn't used to jujitsu, you know, and they had the better muscle conditioning with the grips and controlling the arm or the head or the leg and you just kinda lay there. It's kinda like you said, you're just taking a beating. They're throwing <laughs> submissions, they transition on top of you, top pressure, you just feel like a, a towel laying on the ground just getting rolled over. Yeah. It it's kinda embarrassing when you got everybody in the gym just watching you. Yeah. Like this guy's in the UFC and this is what's happening. Nah, hey, listen, man. Oh, we, no, there's extra extra pressure, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of amateurs looking at you like, wow, that's all I got to do to get to the UFC? I can do that. <laughs> like, well, let, let me tell you, as a guy that's been in there, we've all had those days in sparring. We've all had those days. You just get your ass kicked? Yeah, well, you just, yeah, man. It, it could be for any number of reasons. It could be where you're just coming off, so maybe you're getting sick, or you you might just have an off day, and everything you did was wrong, and the other guy does his right, and... And you and then you start it starts to to screw with you because you're like what if this happens the night of the fight and then you got to get mentally tough and have it go back in there and have another good session if I had I remember with Longo we we plan the sparring up until when we have to fight and then uh, like if we had another sparring session if I had two sparring sessions left and on the second to last one I it was a phenomenal day. He goes, I'm not even doing the next one. That's it. We're ending it on today. Because he likes you to end with that positive, uh, like, look, we're leaving on a good note. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Wait, Mark man, Harry listen. Does too. He does the same thing. Yeah, who's that, Mark? Yeah, Mark do it. If you have a great day on the, we got Thursday, Saturday, your last two before you camp. If Thursday is great, he's like, you know what? We're going to take Friday off. You're going to come in Saturday. We're going to do like a, a up-down, just conditioning on the mitts and jujitsu stuff. We're not even going to spar. We're not even going to risk having a bad day. Keep your confidence up. We're going to go into next week feeling good. You know, I like those days sometimes. Well, good luck against um, against Sean O'Connell on uh, December the 9th in Albany. First UFC fight in Albany. And tickets go on sale this Friday. That's also uh, a Sunsau versus uh, Aljo is on that uh, card too. It's going to be fun. So it's, it's a really, really good card. And go and support some live fights in UFC uh, in uh, Albany. It's finally legal in New York. And um, good luck, man. Uh, you know, you seem to uh, be ready to go. So I, I hope you do well. Yeah, Corey. Good luck, bro. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on the show. And thanks for wishing me luck. Okay, we'll see you again. Take care, all right? Take care, man. All right, later. Sure. You're a nice guy. Really nice it's funny. Too. It's very funny because uh, they're rolling you around. It's like embarrassing. These amateurs rolling you around. I guess all these amateurs are looking at you. That's all I got to do to get in the UFC. Oh, I've been there before, man. I've been there before, and it's uh, it's a shitty feeling. <laughs> you know, I didn't. We didn't mention Matt. What's that? John Jones. Yes. You know, um, looks pretty good for John Jones. Let's hope uh, his lawyer saying there's a possible reduction. It looks like the. Uh, Supplement tested positive and another supplement tested positive. So it looks like John did not do anything wrong on purpose, which I didn't think he did. I think we pretty much stuck up for John Jones. Well, I, you know why? Because we both we saw him that night. Yes, in uh, the hotel the, across the way. And he doesn't have a reputation for taking for doping. Yeah, and but he was very. It's like you could smell bullshit, right? I mean, at least I can most yeah. of the time. And uh, he just really. I, I remember just after talking to him, thinking, "Oh man." I felt I, something's off. I feel bad for this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Some, yeah. he, he seems very genuine in what he's telling us. But uh, hey, it, uh, hopefully it works out because I want to see the guy fight. I do too. I really like John. And people saying that, he, oh, he's a cheater. He's a cheater coming right out and attacking him. And uh, it looks like he did nothing wrong. I mean, that's just the vibe. And, and I don't think he'd be as vocal right now if he didn't know the results were good for him. Yeah. Positive in a good way. Like, 
good good results. No. So uh, he has. I think it's in Halloween night. His USADA hearing. Uh, so I, I, good luck to John Jones. Yes. Hopefully they'll do the right thing, and hopefully he's back fighting really fucking soon. And then there's a winner of Rumble and Cormier, and then they have to deal with John. I want to see, and I love DC, but I've never. I want to see Rumble fight John just because I've never seen that fight. That would be wait. However, it happens. oh yes, oh well, yeah. I mean, shit with with Anthony Johnson, and then DC fights the winner of that fight. Yes. How the fuck it works? Rumble with fights the winner with, with Anthony Johnson. Uh, it would rumble. It, it, no matter who he's fighting, everybody's going to be on the edge of the seat. That opening, the opening round, opening seconds, it's going to be. It's always like, oh man, let's see where this goes. It's like fucking Normandy <clears throat> Beach. You know, you got to survive. Yeah, that's right. That's what fucking Anthony Johnson's like. He's like Nor- the Normandy invasion. He's just a savage puncher, man. The guy is really dangerous. I, I, but does he get tired? Like DC's a guy who who gave him a hard time and beat him. Because DC really, really knows how to put guys up against the cage and just slowly yeah. wear I mean, But he down. had his moments in that fight. He was going after him. Yeah. I mean, and again, I don't think anybody's as dangerous in the opening of uh, the rounds as, uh, as Anthony Rumble. How does a guy like Jones deal with him? You know, because Jones can't hit as hard as Rumble. And I, I don't know if he could take one Rumble. Even though John can take a fucking punch. Uh, very yeah. tough. But, you know, Anthony Johnson, that's a different level of hitting. But he's also very smart, and he has the grappling also to uh, nullify. And those elbows. Yeah. He'd yeah. be throwing those front kicks, those those. He's those very leg good kicks. At, his, at his range. He's very long, and he's very good at that range with his kicks. Is that 82 distance. inches or 84 inches on him, something like that? I'm not sure, but I'm up to his crotch. But he's very good at just keeping that distance. And uh, and he could and he could he could grapple, man. He could he could take down people and and up especially because I mean, look, he took down Cormier the first time ever. That's took, right. I think he took him down several times. Yes, he did. You know, up against the cage. Like I told you, you get your hands gripped underneath that butt. Doesn't you don't have that in wrestling? So it's like they're, they're as they're as screwed as anybody else because they're so used to escaping those hips. There's nowhere for your hips to go. I you know, I think that really that that threw Cormier on such a level because yeah. he then became obsessed with taking Jones down once. And what and sucks that about his that? Role. This one time he did, I think maybe the last round, that he put, hey, he lifted him up and took him down. And then guess what? He Jones popped right back up. And that, let me tell you how much that sucks uh-huh. for your endurance. Because when you put something into that, like a takedown like that, and you don't get it, if you get it, you could stay on the guy for a second. control, And then you get your win back for a little bit. You know, the guy can be squirmy, throw yourself. I, I, if there's going to be a scramble, I'll tell my guys, throw yourself into half guard. Because you can control there, you know what to watch out for, you know. Even in full guard, if you feel good enough, you know. Unless you're going with like a Ben Saunders who's going to wrap you up right away. <laughs> Are you guys ever when you're that tired? Like I know you don't give. A, is there ever a moment where you, you and the other guy both know you're taking a second to catch your breath? No. Um, if one, if I feel that and the other guy's doing that, I'm I'm using that. If you're both dead tired, possibly. Uh, for myself, I've never been in that situation where we're both like, ooh. Let's take a break. Like I've here. seen it where, where you guys towards the end of the round, neither one of them is going too crazy, and you feel like yeah. all right, they're both exhausted, and they're just not that they're mailing it in, but they're like neither one is. There's not yeah. much to get done. There's 20 seconds left. Let's just fucking get out. Yeah, of Yeah, at that point, maybe both guys are just fuck a spent. You yeah. know what I mean? But uh, usually how it works when one guy's a little more spent, the other guy smells it like blood, and then he picks yeah. it up. I mean, look what happens when somebody goes with uh, uh, the champ, Joanna. When you're smitten with, she you see somebody get a little tired with her. She just she she puts that foot on the gas. Well, can't you go like, hey, look, ease up. I'm a little tired. 
I don't think that's gonna. Honesty is the best policy. I, I mean, you know, I don't know how how that'll fly. Yeah, good luck fucking telling you. She just doesn't stop. <laughs> kick, punch, punch, kick, kick, punch, punch, kick. Oh, fucking back fist. That's so funny. I told you I talked to my uh, my buddy there, Kat Zingano, the other day. You did, yes. I told you that off air. I don't know if I told you, Chris, the producer. She might. She's gonna be in town, I think, in November, and I'm trying to get her on here. She'd be great in studio. Yeah, we'd love to have her in. That'd be great. Cat Alpha, Cat uh, Zingano. She's a. Uh, very tough, very tough girl. And a very cool chick. Yeah. You'd like her in here. I have not met her. Oh, she's cool, man. Very good personality. And I, I, and I love her uh, fighting style and spirit. Well, you know, one of the reasons these athletes, I mean, they, they, they hydrate well. Oh, you, you um, must. It's important. Do you know, you, you're supposed to drink eight glasses of water a day? Yeah. But I mean, who does that? I don't. In coffee, soda, energy drinks. Uh, so yuck. why don't you just drink more water? Because it's bland and boring and you want yes. something that tastes good. Obviously. Yes. Now, here's the solution. Look what I'm doing now while you do this. Yeah, exactly what, what I'm I talking doing? about. Right now, you're drinking Hint Water instead. Mm. Hint Water was started by Tara Golden. It's delicious. Now, a few, year, uh, a few years ago, after having her fourth child, a very busy lady. Yes. She was overweight. She had bad acne. She felt awful. Ten diet sodas a day instead of drinking water. Oh, wow. Because, again, water stinks. But, uh, you know, what other options are there? Juice is full of calories, and the no-calorie stuff is just terrible. So she started Hint Water. Hint is pure water infused with the taste of fresh fruit. With Hint, water drinking isn't boring. They have flavors to suit any palate. Watermelon, peach, mango, grapefruit, and there's a lot more. There's no sugar. There's no chemicals. They're just great-tasting, all-natural Fruit-flavored water. Now, both Health and Self Magazine have named Hint Water the best flavored water. And they know how important drinking plenty of water is to your health. Plus, you don't have to carry a heavy case of water back from the store. You can have it delivered right in your doorstep. Who wants to go and buy a case of water? You feel like a boob. Mm -hmm. Have it delivered. Right now, you get a single variety pack shipped directly to your door, including three bottles, each of Hint's four most popular flavors. Now, that's watermelon, crisp apple, pineapple, and blackberry. Normally, that's $24. But you can get it for only $15.00 at drinkhint.com slash UFC. Drinkhint, that's H-I-N-T, drinkhint.com slash UFC. And you drink it, you don't get that terrible aftertaste that some of these things do because the flavoring is all garbage or sugar. If people are wondering, they might be wondering right now what flavor I'm drinking. That's what they want, because I told you I'm drinking one, and right now they're saying, oh, I wonder what, what flavor he's drinking. I'm drinking blackberry. <laughs> if yes, you are. I am, look at me, blackberry. Delicious. No awful. You know, Tasty. some of these, it tastes like yummy. Some of these, it tastes like they put a sock in the water. Mm. My mouth tastes awful. Oh, no, no sock in here. It's no. delicious. Oh, wow. Infused with flavor, real fresh fruit tasting. Legit. All right, great. Hey, who had a problem with me asking that question about Brian Caraway? Oh, just some dope Can't we just have fun? Just some Can't we just have fun? We do. Okay, Jim. What's well, that song say? Girls want to have fun. Just, we I do. Mean, I, we just want to have a good time. That's all we want to do. Let's just have a good time. Uh, and soon we're going to be talking to uh, Raquel, Raquel, Raquel Pennington. And uh, she's a fun one to watch. She's tough. Yes, she is. She is tough, man. She'll she'll punch your head off. <laughs> <laughs> she is um, one, two, three, four, five. She's eight and five. Yeah, uh, yes. And uh, look at this. I'm, I'm reading. Fighting me should take. I'm yes. curious as to how that uh, is going to... Uh, she beat uh, some good fighters. She's lost to some good fighters. Yeah. Um, she lost a, uh, a, a, a split decision to Holly. That was a close fight. Yeah. 
That was a really close fight. Was that um, that was before Holly beat Ronda, right? Well, that was Holly's first fight in the octagon. It was. Okay. She welcomed her to the octagon. And uh, she lost to Kat. Um, Renee choke in the second round. So it'll be interesting yeah. to ask her how she feels fighting. Um, I almost think there's more pressure on Misha as the first fight back after losing the belt. And, uh, you know, you coached this person. So how does well, she handle it? Yeah, but what's exciting, too, is that she's got to know that, that, you know, she's fighting the former champ now. I mean, how exciting is that for her? That's got to... It's got to be. Get up, you got to get up for all your fights, but that's going to get you up. When you got a name like Misha Tate, that's got to get her amped up. That's yeah. got to be a little extra. All right. Was she on? Yep. Hi, Raquel Pennington. It's uh, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah on Unfiltered. What's how up? you doing? What's up, Raquel? Good. How are you? Very good. Um, we were just uh, talking about you knowing that you were coming on. And where are you now? I always start off by asking where the person is. I'm actually at the chiropractor right now. Um, and what's, is there anything wrong? No, just getting an adjustment, staying uh, healthy in the lines. Okay. You know, wrestling messes you up a little bit. I've never gone to a chiropractor. Um, now, are you comfortable? They they kind of grab you and they twist you like really like a quick like like a, like a rapid jerk and straighten you out. Does that guy do that to you? <laughs> no, she's actually really gentle with it. Aren't you scared on some level? I would always be terrified of a chiropractor if I had to go to one. No, I like the way it feels. You do? Do you crack really well afterwards? Yeah. You crack really. No, but when you get a hey. massage, you ever get a massage and someone puts that like that, that, like that, they push really hard, they give you a quick jerk into your spine and you're cracking. You're like, oh my God, that feels good. I didn't realize my life sucks so much until I just got my back cracked. <laughs> I just feel better. So, how ready are you for this fight? You're fighting in New York, um, November the 12th. On, and this is literally the best card UFC has ever put together. And I'm not just saying that. It really is, top to bottom, an amazing card. And you're fighting the ex-champion. That's got to be pretty thrilling for you. I'm extremely excited. I've never been so motivated for a fight. Now, is that because, I mean, the MSG thing is obviously huge and it's uh, historic. But you are fighting, when you fight, like, you have a fight lined up, obviously you're going to be hyped. But you get a name like Misha Tate, who's been around, uh, former champ, everybody knows her. Uh, hey, I mean, this is this is this could be the fight to really make our mark. Is sure. that what you, is that what you're thinking here? Yeah, basically. I mean, it's just an exciting fight. I mean, obviously, me and Misha have history. I was on Ultimate Fighter. She was my coach on there, and then um, we were friends. I went out and trained with her for a second fight camp against Ronda, and uh, there's just like a storyline there. So it's exciting to have this opportunity. Like you said, I mean, she has a huge name and stuff, and everybody knows who she is. So it's just perfect opportunity. And you like Misha. Yeah. But uh, you're fighting her after a loss. That was not a very convincing yeah, by the way. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> but you're fighting her after a loss, which to me, you know, look, the champion loses the belt. I mean, all right, Holly Holm lost two in a row, but I, I think that's a pretty dangerous time to fight an ex-champion. So you know you have also a very, very motivated Misha Tate. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think anybody who steps into that octagon should be very motivated. It's a good point, Jim Norton. No, no, they, of course, right? but you know what I'm saying. No, I'm with you. There's times where, like, the reality is this is just a very big moment, and fighting someone who, who just lost the belt, and they're, and they're trying to get back into, you know, maybe she wants to fight the winner of, uh, you know, Amanda Ronda, you know, it, it helps her case to win, so she's very motivated. What do you see happening for you if you win this fight? I don't know. I, uh, I have everything to gain from this fight. It's endless, I guess you can say. It is, yeah, but you know, do you have? Do you kind of look like, all right, this is really a, a, a tremendous step for me, and and you start to look towards maybe I get a, a championship shot sooner rather than later. Most definitely, 
You know, one thing with me is uh, I, I definitely don't like to put the pressure. Everybody kind of puts that pressure on themselves. They think about how big the card is, how big this opportunity is, um, the outcome of things. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're two athletes in, going into that octagon to perform at our best and one of us to come out with our hand raised. Um, I'm just focused on me being the best of me and going in there and getting what I need to get done uh, handled that night. So it's not so much I'm thinking about the New York card. I'm not thinking about Misha Tate and her name and what the outcome could be of this fight and what it'll bring my way. It's just uh, I'm taking it step by step, and that's just kind of the way I handle things. And being, you know, it, it's and, and, and in social issues too. You know, you're uh, you're you're uh, open, you're you're gay, and the champion Amanda Nunes is. And UFC is a pretty progressive organization, it would seem, right? Like you don't see that in sports, people being so comfortable, being so open about who they are. Yeah, you don't, and I think that's kind of the issue in general in this world, you know. I mean, I think a lot of people are nervous to stand for who they are, and I'm definitely not one of those people. So, you know, it's nice to it's nice being around other athletes who are proud to be in their own skin and stuff and uh, to have an organization that supports us. Let me tell you, when you're not fighting, what do you, what do, you do to unwind? Or even during the training camp, do you go to the movies, do you, do you go bowling? What do you like to do, Raquel? You know, it just depends on my mood when I wake up. I, uh, I'm i very adventurous, outgoing, super down-to-earth, So, um, and I'm really spontaneous. I can have some plans, and then something else sounds fun to me or just comes up in the moment, and I'm going to go with that. Uh, I like to do a lot of things, um, especially outdoors in Colorado. Uh, being born and raised here, it's the perfect state for that. So I spend a lot of quality time um, after training, an intense week of training, I like to go up to the mountains and just kind of get lost, decompress, uh, spend time at the natural hot springs, go hiking, or whatever it is. Um, I spend a lot of time with family and uh, my really good friends. And then my godkids, they keep me busy. Oh, how old are your godkids? My godson just turned one in October, the beginning of October. Um, my goddaughter is four. And then uh, I have a newborn nephew who's only three months old. Oh, good for you. And they're all in Colorado yeah. with you? By you? Yeah, except for my nephew. Uh, isn't it fun having... I get I, don't you like having nephews? Because I, I enjoy them because you can hang out with them. And then just like as soon as they shit, you hand them over. That's what I love. I don't have to... I don't have to resp- <laughs> it's, it's nice to not have the responsibility. Uh, like you get all the fun parts, but you don't have to deal with all the, the, the you know, tough stuff that comes with a kid. Do you, do exactly. You, do you want kids or is that just something like, ah, I like my freedom. I like to go out and do what I want to do. Oh, no. I definitely want kids. I've been wanting kids for a while, but uh, obviously in my situation, it's a little bit harder. And then sure. um, with... Uh, and then just being so busy with fighting, you know, I mean, I have so many opportunities that keep approaching and um it's just kind of one of those things where i'm just kind of living my life for me right now at the moment and then uh, eventually i'll settle down yeah well you're, you're young as you're young as hell anyway so there's no rush yeah. but i'll tell you uh as a person who has three uh daughters it is it is awesome the kids are awesome raquel i'll tell you when the time comes you're gonna have a blast i have such a good time with my kids oh, <laughs> i can I imagine i can imagine i uh yeah. I just see I just see my godkids as mine half of the time, and um, when I'm hanging out with them, I'm just like, man, this could be every day. This could be fun. I love it. Yeah, no, nah, me too, me too. I'm a big softy with my kids. Now, when you when you were coming up, did you uh, did you fight a lot in school when you were coming up, or what mot- what motivated you to want to fight? <laughs> no, I was just I don't know. I've I just grew up being a huge tomboy. I'm the only girl out of all these guy cousins, and then my brother. Um, and would you fight was- them at all or no? All the time. I oh, you would. Was. 
Yes, they would They would just always try to pick on me, so I would just fight them all the time. Me and my cousin, um, Tommy, he's actually usually always in my corner, but he joined the military, so he hasn't had the opportunity to be there a couple fights. But me and him were terrible. My mom was just like, we could not handle you guys. You were little hellions. They called us Chip and Dale growing up. Um, and we just, we constantly beat each other up. I mean, I hit him in the face with a bat one time. He had to get a fake tooth and he threw me down some rocks and (laughs) threw me in cactus plants. And we were just constantly fighting. So wait, you hit him with a bat in the face? I did. You're awesome. (laughs) You're awesome. But you know, I never, in school and stuff, I was, I was always shy and quiet. I never did anything. I was really focused on my sports. Um, so it was just. I don't know. It was just outside of school, hanging out with all the guys and all my cousins. And it was just always, I've always liked to be that tomboy and be roughed up and just hang out. Now, when back then, did you feel like because you were the only girl hanging out with all these boys, did you feel like you had to be tough and you kind of had to prove yourself and you weren't going to take any shit from all the boys? No, I I didn't feel, no, I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to take any shit from them. But uh, I didn't feel that way. I guess I just always... um, I don't know. Let's just say <laughs> I was probably meant to be a lesbian. I've just always been the dominant type, and um, it was just more like alpha female. Like I just had a, I would just always stand up for me, and sometimes I was the one that always started the fight. I guess I had a bad attitude. I don't know. So you should always meant to be a lesbian. Was it? Did you did you just know early? Like you know what, boys are fun, but I don't feel that way about them. You just kind of knew, yeah. or is it something that you learned about yourself as you got older? Uh, it's something I kind of always knew. It's just something. Um, my family is Catholic and stuff, so it wasn't something I was exactly accepting. Sure. And I kind of just uh, denied it for a really long time because of it was more so just my family where I was trying to figure things out for myself. But uh, I I always had an idea. And then finally I just got to the point where it was I wasn't going to have a boyfriend to pretend anymore. I just wanted to be me. How did so you, I, how'd you tell them? Well... The funny part was, is it was my high school graduation day. I was getting ready to leave to the arena. My family was going to meet me there. And my mom was starting to catch on at that point. So she turned around and just bluntly asked me the question as I was walking out the door. And I was like, yeah, she's my girlfriend. And I ran out the house. And I figured it would just give her the opportunity to, like, we were having a happy moment. She was watching me graduate from high school. So she would kind of get over it for a second. (laughs) And so that's how I kind of, like, basically told her and then we had more conversations and then a little bit of hell hit and it was rough patches and then finally my mom came around to it just after the ultimate fighter when I completely stood up for me on national TV and just um I remember her saying how I was uh I was just I was disappointing and disrespecting my grandparents and I was like I if anything I would be disrespecting myself if I wasn't standing up for me and I was like so you kind of just need to learn to accept me and I think uh, after she's seen all the responses and the fan mail and everything I was getting from that and just all these encouraging letters especially from people I mean I was getting letters from people that were 75 years old who have lived in the closet their entire life and they've been miserable and they wasted their life and I think my mom seeing that reaction it really changed things for her so then she became 100% 100 supportive I didn't hear nothing else about needing to be with a guy or anything like that oh nice does she like your partner yeah, it helps. Yeah, that's great that you stood up for yourself. That's you know, times have changed a lot in in the last even the last twenty five thirty years. Things have changed, and that's that's probably really good for, for sure. younger people who like you know are afraid to. Because you hear so many horror stories, 
Like, you know, there's videos posted online of people who come out to their family and the family is screaming at them. This one boy posted a video of his, of his fucking family really screaming at him. You're like, God, I guess that does happen. Like, I can't picture that happening, yeah. but I guess it does happen to certain... It does. As a parent, it's I can't sad. picture that. some of the reactions you get. It is, right? They, they disown p- kids or throw you out of their house. You hear some really shitty people out there. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, good for you that you've, uh, you know, you stood up for yourself and, you know, you're living life the way you want to live it. That's great. Yeah, you probably, uh, you probably really um, inspired a lot of kids out there, too, and just gave them confidence in their situations, too. Raquel, good for you. Most definitely. It was, I mean, it was, uh, you know, a lot of people say that I inspired them, but the responses and the reactions I get back or the little things um, that people just care to share with me really inspires me and motivates me to constantly be better. Um, so the responses and stuff that I received during that time and that I still receive is just, it's, it's amazing. Well, it's, it's, it's also, and the fact that Amanda is out too, I think it really is it. Look, you're a fighter. It's not about who you are or who you date or your sexuality, but it does like people do see themselves like they say that when you're growing up, if you don't see people who are are like you as role models, it's kind of hard to have role models. So people can mm-hmm. see you or Amanda and go like, wow, okay, I can go on to do this now with my life or I can do that in my life. So it's really great that you're, uh, you're open. And uh, it's funny, you don't, there's no male fighters, I don't think, that have come out. I'm sure someday some will. But at this well, point, I got yeah. something to announce today. Now I'm only kidding. I, I already knew it. That's, <laughs> it's not me. But uh, <laughs> what else? I want to wish her luck. What yeah, a, what good a luck pleasure. Against Misha. To and, I, and we love Misha too. But, um, you know, you're, you're really... Uh, you're very tough, and, and I know she's in a very hard time fighting you. And, and I think, really, there's more pressure on her than you. Not that you don't have pressure, but um, you know, I think you're in a very good uh, position here. Yeah, I agree. I definitely, it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting fight, for sure. Well, good luck. And maybe stop by and see us when you're in New York. We're here on 78th Street, so you'll be here for a whole week doing press, so hopefully we'll get a chance to say hello in person. Yeah, jump in studio with us. Sounds good. I'm game. Okay. All right. Great. All right, All right. guys. Have Thanks fun so at the chiropractor. Much. You know what you ought to do just to fuck with your chiropractor. Like as soon as he twists you, just scream and pretend you can't move. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll let you know how that goes. We'll talk about it in studio. All right. We'll see you in New York. <laughs> Take care, Rocco. All right. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Very I nice. I like that. I like when you get them to open up like that. I, well, you know, it's interesting. To me, that's, that's part of it. And, and uh, you know, but I'm amazed that... For the women, I guess because it's, I'm not going to say easier, but I mean, in, in, a, in a combat sport, it's, or like say in the uh, WNBA, it's more, it's an easier picture. Oh, okay, this woman is gay, which is associated with being more masculine, but it's probably harder for a male fighter to come out and say that. But I'm sure that yeah. there are some that never have. I've got my theories. Um, I certainly won't say them, yeah. but uh, I, I look forward to that happening. I'm sure it will happen sooner or later. And I, you know what? I bet you most of the fighters won't give a shit. Most yeah, of them will probably be a, fine with it. In this day and age, nobody listen, gives a fuck. I mean, I even the things anybody, I've talked about in my life right? and the way fighters have reacted to me, they don't give a fuck. Nah, no one I don't cares. Give a shit. Jimmy, do you think I care what you do in the bedroom? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. It's with you. <laughs> That's disturbing. We stop it. Holy shit. Look I'm only Chris kidding, man. Ah, he's over there. He's jealous. Uh, he's jealous. It. He's the cuck. 
All right. What else we got? What else we got? Any other news? We talked about our pal John Jones. Mm. We talked about Dominic Cruz fighting yeah. Cody Garbrandt. We Amazing uh, co-main event, Ronda Rousey against Amanda, uh, Amanda Nunez. We actually talked about and that's a lot. Cain Velasquez yes. Verdum. Is oh, that. my fucking God. That's the third fight. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Say that again. Velasquez Verdum wow. against Amanda Nunez. Uh, Amanda Nunez. Yeah, against Amanda Nunez. The two of them are fighting Amanda, and Ronda's going to watch. It's Amanda Ronda is the uh, main uh, the co-main is uh, Cody Garbrandt against Dominic Cruz, the uh, the uh, fucking li- uh, 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 welterweight uh, featherweight championship. No, the uh, uh, band- bandweight. Sorry, <laughs> um, amazing fight, and then the Doom Velasquez, which is a fight that I'm extremely interested in. This, this, this when is this called? Uh, December thirtieth. The night before New Year's Eve. That's great. That's a Vegas card, I'm sure. Amazing, amazing card. card and McGregor, right? by the way, has no license to fight. Connor or somebody, some sponsor, pay this fucking fine. So hopefully I get a ticket. Oh, is he just saying that he's not doing it out of uh, spite type of thing? Well, that's a lot of money. Yeah. 75 G's is a lot of money. But then again, you threw a fucking can. No, it was a water bottle. A water bottle. It's it a bottle? A, it's not a glass bottle, right? No, it was a pl- plastic yeah, bottle. Like, oh, it wasn't a can. It was a Monster Energy drink. People got to relax a little bit. I, I thought mean, it was listen, a Monster Energy it might, drink. It Hold might on. not have been a smart thing, but at the same time, really? Water bottle. Sorry. 75 Gs. Really? I thought it was a Monster Energy drink can. My fault. People got to relax, though. Come on, Connor. Look at Eddie Alvarez. Would you? I'd, I'd stand in for Connor. Imagine if he wouldn't fight and somehow it wound up me against Eddie. <laughs> I like Eddie. I've had Eddie in here. He's a great you guy. Don't, you don't want to have to do that to him. But I would fight him. You would. I wonder what that'd be like. Would you fight him? Do you understand for Conor McGregor money? Oh, well, that's I'd fucking movie. suck Eddie's toes in the octagon. I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> but there was that dumb Kevin Costner movie where there was all, all the votes were counted, and he had one vote left or whatever it was. You know, it's cornball, but I mean, the idea that you have the last vote, which will decide the presidency. So maybe that we can make a movie somehow where yeah. I, as the co-host, through some mix-up, have to fight Eddie Alvarez because Connor drops out and the people demand it. This, this is good. This is and then the fight just lasts one second. One <laughs> second. Like literally it's ding, ding. And I walk up with my arms up and he hits me in the stomach and I collapse and I vomit and shit. And the referee jumps over me, and I collect Conor McGregor money. <laughs> but that fight... I mean, Eddie wouldn't even hit me in the face. He'd probably no, hit me in the body first just to show be, mercy. Nobody should be worried, though. That fight's going to happen. What? They're fighting. I mean, me against Eddie? Gonna... I'm teasing. No, oh. you silly goose. I'm Sorry, using no, your I words. Panic. I yeah, panic. but I'm sure that that's not in jeopardy. I'm sure that's going to be going not. on. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. If I happen to, what's the worst that's going to happen? I don't know. You die. Connor shows up. You fucking die. I'd take one Eddie punch. Eddie hits hard. Oh, look look what he did to uh, our guest next week, right? He's coming on. Your man. guest, not mine. He won't talk to me. Longo big time me on, Mon- on, on, on the Tuesday show. He did. Uh, Longo doesn't I, want I'm any sc- shit on his podcast. I am That's screwed, why. man. I, yeah, dude. You've been pod- shit on Ray's podcast. podcast. He has a lousy minute of that podcast. That's <laughs> the best part of it. I'm old, I feel bad. I'm going to see John Attic again. I love those guys. Yeah, I mean, Kenny. Teasing. I'm teasing, but seriously, Longo is a great part of that. Um, so we'll see. Listen, next week we're going to see. You, you're leaving me. I understand. You got business. I leave tomorrow to, to Los Angeles. I'm going to miss Matt Sarah when I'm gone. I don't like being away, but you know, look, that's what we do. We both get yeah, other things to do. We go shit. out and do them and come back and the seat's still here. What can I bitch about? I, I mean, I, I I was at Disney. You know? Exactly. I don't think, I mean, I, I got to see. I'm, I'm, I don't get along with everybody like you do. I get along with most people, but it's not like we can just bring some some guy in here that's a fucking yo-yo. 
Nah, you'll be fine. Yeah, Chris is very good in those moments, too. Look at him. I'm just saying that because his mother's listening. (laughs) You raised a boy who steps up to the plate when we need him. Chris is a big part of this now. Look at him. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Don't let it get to your head, though. He's a little too afraid of getting fired, but aside from that, Chris is very knowledgeable. I just like his whole face during the whole Misha thing last year the other day. Yeah, he just nods. He makes these awful. I thought he was actually having a seizure. Yeah, he's a little Because at one point, he was shaking his head and having. It was, oh, and I go, hey, listen, I didn't want to, I really didn't want to ask this. And I had to do, oh, that was so much fun. Yeah, but look, the producer I, I demands it. You got to do it. Oh, then we had Katie Noli call me a pussy afterwards. That, I'll tell you, if she we ever need a third person, it's Katie Nolan. Yeah, she's she was great. very good. Let's do a plug. She was flirting with me. What's that? She was flirting with me. Was she flirting with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not even remotely. She uh, fist bumped me. One of my one of my guys on the thing, uh, I think, goes, hey, man, you kind of flirting with that. I go, no, I was not. Silly. I'm just, I just like to have fun. Some people are just flirts and it's harmless. It does, yeah. you're the guy you got to watch out for is not the fun guy who's no, laughing exactly. and joking. Exactly. It's the guy that's like, like they ask the seedy question. <laughs> like if she's like, I hurt my foot. You need it rubbed? That's the creepy <laughs> guy. That's Jim Norton. Uh, oh, I had somebody on Twitter. I thought you were disrespectful to Misha. You um, know what I did? What? Blocked. Yeah, you weren't disrespectful. You asked a fair question. Uh, I like to have fun. And if you don't like to have fun, guess what? Go to another podcast. Absolutely. Motherfucker. Misha didn't give a Listen, shit. She answered let's, it. So, Jimmy, this is the last. What's today? You'll see me. I'm, I'm going to you. Philly. You want, I'm, in, I'm in Philadelphia tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, Tonight, Sunday. You, you, oh. Yes, yeah. and I'm also um, in Los Angeles next Friday at the Melrose Improv, the fourth. Oh and then I got fucking uh, Saratoga coming up. I got Fort Lauderdale coming up. Oh I got these gigs, and then I do Doylestown, PA, and then I shoot my special, which of course you're both cordially invited to. Oh, but here what's in the date New York, Dece- December seventeenth, Saturday. Dude, I think I'm, I, I believe I'm there. You know what I got to plug? What? Buddy? Nothing. What's that? You plug I don't podcast? know. Listen, if you want to do martial arts on Long Island, it's sarahbjj.com or it's nothing. Yeah. Now nah, you can go wherever you want. Go to sarahbjj. You know what I like about my schools, though, besides the awesome arm locks? A hundred percent. And also <laughs> the atmosphere. Yeah. I don't care what you have. I don't care what kind of product it is. I could have the best jujitsu in the, in, in, in the state. If you walk in, there's a bunch of assholes. You don't want to be there. If the vibe I made sure... It's good vibes at my place. It's good times. Just like on UFC Unfiltered with us. Jimmy, I'm going to miss you when you're gone. And I'll miss you, my friend. I will see you in a week. And we will resume as if nothing happened. Damn straight. Have Chris, the producer, I'll be seeing you soon, though. Yeah, I'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, this has been a digital media production. Find your voice. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.